quite an interesting revelation the other day. And it's funny because this is a, a revelation that doesn't come early in your life. This comes with marinating over time. I've realized that people come and go throughout your life. And particularly, it's people that you don't expect to leave. So I'm talking about friendships, preferably in the best friend category. You know, those, those best friends you had in childhood or in high school or even college. And you get to a point in life where you notice it burns out. You notice that you both go your separate ways. And for some reason, you wake up one day and they're not calling anymore or you're not calling them. And that can knock you back a bit because you kind of thought, well, weren't they supposed to be my best friends on the planet forever? It's an agreement you both talked about even. But one day it just ends out of nowhere. And then you start asking yourself, what did I do? Is there something wrong that I did? We've had a million fights. We've had ups and downs. Is there one thing in particular that they carried with them up to this point that they're holding a grudge for? Or like all of a sudden now it's bothering them and they don't want to be friends with me anymore? Like, what did I do? What did I do? It's part of the, the selfless nature that we have sometimes. Immediately think, what did I do? What the hell did I do? At least that's how I thought about it anyways. But the truth is, there's nothing particular that you did in this instance that I'm talking about here. If a friendship ends out of betrayal or something that happened, some big astronomical climatic event that happened that caused you both to go like this separate ways, then yeah, that's, that's pretty clear cut. You, you could probably take a wild guess as to why that ended. But in this case, nothing in particular happened. And it just randomly ends one day. You just notice they stop calling. Yes, you feel slighted. And you want to know where it went wrong. Why doesn't it work anymore? And here's why. Like, let's get down to the basics of what a friendship actually is. And I looked this up. A friendship is almost like a mutually binding covenant. It's like an unwritten agreement between you two that you both realize you're okay. I like you. Let's move forward with this partnership. And those bonding experiences, you have those at a young age. All these, all these friendships that you had when you were younger are very important. I often hear people say that, that high, high school is just a really small part of your life. It doesn't really matter. I hear that a lot. And the truth is, while yes, grade school is a brief part of your life, childhood is a relatively small part of your life, but it's a very significant part of your life. It's a substantial period of growth, whether you realize it or not, especially in that moment, in that time. Like, you can't really realize it, but looking back on it, you sure as hell do. It's, it's, it's a vital, vital time in your life where you're shaping the person that you become. And these really tight friendships that you had during that time help impact who you become. 
you know, you, sh you share very deep experiences, a very strong bond with these people that you went through a lot of things with, a lot of first experiences with, and you carry those things with you throughout your life. That's significant. That's important. So when someone says that that period of your life doesn't really matter that much, it kind of does. Whether it was a good experience or a bad experience, it still matters because you carry it with you. You have to learn to let go and, and not be as attached to things from the past, but you do take a lot of what you've experienced with you because it shapes who you become and how you think, how you process things. But here's the thing, everybody. Life is just periods and stages of growth, starting with childhood all the way up to when you're old and you kick the can. In these particular stages of childhood and, and, and high school and stuff like that, you're evolving and you are a specific person at that point. But the moment that that era ends with high school, the wheels, the engine of your life starts to really kick into gear and you have to catch up to it. If you don't catch up to it, you get stuck in the past and you, you, you stay the same. But, but when, that, when that vehicle is moving on to the next stage, you need to run with it. But along the way, you're going to change who you are. You're going to change the makeup of who you are. But we're all trying to catch up to this, this vehicle that just keeps moving into the next stage, the next stage, the next stage. You can't stay the same. That's how it puts a fork in some friendships. People change. What brought you together with that covenant initially isn't always strong enough to keep you together because of this insane amount of change. You think about a relationship, you can fall out of love with people. That's just the harsh truth. Does that not apply to friendship as well? I think it does. Things that you had in common aren't relevant anymore in the present. It's what comes with change. Your interests change, your priorities change. And a lot of people are obsessed with change. They, they want to be a different person that they were. I think that's good to an extent, but you need to also stay true to who you really are sometimes too. The past represents a version of who you are. You don't take everything with you with that, but elements of that past are still a part of you in your heart and your ident identity growing up. And this is impossible to understand. Uh, I would say, obviously, at, when you're 10, 12 years old, or even 19, 20, 21 years old. These are impossible things to know unless you're that wise beyond your years. But it took me till 26 to realize this. You can't have any hard feelings for people that come and go. It's nothing you did. It just has everything to do with everybody's learning journey, everybody's growth. And you can't take that personally. That's why, too, when you see those people in public again, passing by each other at the grocery store or in some other city that you're just miraculously at the same place at the same time with, you make a point to be courteous. And you give them good vibes. You say, hey there, buddy, how you doing? Good to see ya. You part ways. Genuinely, I'm I'm reluctant to say the the all-too-common line that I'm sure a lot of us do is, when you see that person again, 
you want to kind of pick up where you left off in a sense. You don't want that person to leave. And you think, hey, what are you doing after this? Let's let's hang out. Or hey, man, we should hang out sometime. Let's Let's make that happen. It's been too long. Sometimes that works. But nine times out of 10, when you say that, do you really mean it? Not, not necessarily. It's, it's more so just like a, a call to, to nostalgia. It's, it's, it's a, in the heat of the moment, you say those things because you're excited in that moment. But if that call actually does come one day, like a couple weeks later, say, hey man, so what are you doing? It kind of puts it back into perspective. It's just like, oh yeah, did I really want to do that? Not really, but it's just funny how the human brain works. We, we say a lot of things in the moment. Do we always mean it? Not a chance. It's good to be aware of it though. Self-awareness is key. But my point is in this conversation today, everybody, just don't take it personally when you, when you see incredible friendships burn out. Friendships are a lot of work though. It takes two people to tango. And if one's putting more effort in than the other is, it's a good time to reevaluate see where the friendship's at, or just move on. Life's too short to dwell. Life's too short to have resentment either. So even if something bitter did happen back in the day, you can't hang on to that forever. Grudges can rot you to the core. And it doesn't do anybody any good, not even yourself. It's important to let go. And let people spread their wings, including yours. It's just like Nelly Furtado says in her song, all good things come to an end. But friendships are, are, are really unique too because sometimes I think the older you get, the harder it is to actually make friendships. Because when you're a kid, um, again, I'm just speaking on my experience. Everybody's different. Some people have had more negative experiences and that's unfortunate, but I'm only gonna speak to what I know and how I experience things. I, I found it relatively easy to make friends when I was a kid, throughout my childhood actually. And you wonder why that was so easy? It was because our minds were simpler back then as children. You know, I was into hockey. I live in a hockey town, Leduc. A lot of us like hockey. I made a lot of friends playing hockey, being on the same team with people and whatnot sharing that mutual interest, gravitating towards one another in school, having lots of fun being in the same class as somebody, you know? I, I was a bit of a class clown, so people kind of tended to flock to me from time to time, but if there was somebody I knew, someone I saw, someone I liked, I would just go up and talk to them and just shoot it up with everybody, just talk. But there was also a sense of, of invulnerability and no sense of depression or anxiety or any weight holding me back as a kid. There was more energy there, more fearlessness, not really caring about what other people thought essentially. A lot of things happened in the moment and that's where you differentiate as an adult sometimes. When you become more self-aware, you become much more in tune with your feelings. New feelings awaken that you never knew you had. It's where some of the anxiety and depression factors in, the older you get with more experience, more wear and tear. 
Then we get to a place like college, for example. You're around people all the time, but in the school that I went to in particular, it was still kind of harder to make friends because people go there for a goal. When you're in grade school, you're there to make friends, have experiences, make memories, and get your education. But when you go to college, and the one that I went to in particular, it's kind of just go, 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 me, 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 one focus in mind, school. Yeah, there were some opportunities for extracurricular activities and things outside of school. And yeah, I did make some friends, but it was a quite different experience compared to grade school. And I guess that would make more sense too, because you're there for a more, more brief time in college than you are for say 12 years of grade school. Because a lot of people that you go to grade school with, you're there with them from beginning to end. That's like almost a 12 year time period. So you can't be, you can't take it too seriously for 12 years. You go nuts, especially as a kid. You don't have the mental capacity to, 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 to focus that much. I had ADD. I still do. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those things. Priorities are different. And I think the older you get, sometimes it's, it's harder to put yourself in social situations, even when they're just gifted to you. When you go somewhere as simple as school. You need those social situations to, to meet people. I know they have online services to connect with people. That's great. But um, I mentioned this before, like the face-to-face -face moments, the contact is, is very important for communication to meet new people. And you get more and more uncomfortable with those pu public settings as you get older. Because you're a lot more aware of your surroundings. It's like speaking in front of hundreds of people one of the most terrifying fears of people is giving a speech public speaking that's what it kind of feels like sometimes when you attend a social event you feel like you're in the spotlight for me personally when when you go to a, an event like that in the past i would feel kind of self-conscious like i'm not good enough to be here i have to impress this person in order for them to like me and when you get fixated on the idea of impressing somebody, that's where you lose your, your genuine nature. That's where you lose your true self because you're trying to present this false version of yourself to this person, this, this flawless, funny, charismatic person. You're not being your true self. You're just being too focused on impressing that person. And that's not fair because you have to impress yourself. You need to be impressed with yourself before you can impress somebody else and have the confidence to do so, not be intimidated. It's really easy to be intimidated. I speak for myself. I get a little uncomfortable in public sometimes. I'm fighting that every time I talk on, on a screen like I am right now with you guys or if I'm talking in public or when I do announcing at McEwen for sports in front of hundreds of people. I'm nervous as heck leading up to that. That feeling never changes for me. I'm always nervous to do that, but I, I challenge myself. I rise to the occasion. It's something you have to do if you wanna, if you really wanna grow, if you really wanna break through some of your own barriers. Because life can be just a challenge against yourself nine times out of 10. And only you are holding yourself back.
especially when it comes to making new friends. You have to say yes to new opportunities. I want to get into something very interesting with you guys just to kind of end off our show here. I want to talk a little bit about Aristotle and his three types of friendships to tie everything together with everything we talked about today. We're going to start with the friendship of utility. Now, as Aristotle puts it, the, the friendship of utility involves being friends with somebody who helps you out in some way, shape, or form. That person is a, of use to you in some way, shape, or form. This is an interesting one. You think about, for example, you're at work and there's somebody that you rely on often to help you with a particular task that you're not always good at. Or there's somebody that you always go to for advice and they give you that advice. But from an average person standpoint between two people, the best possible example would be at the workplace and somebody literally helps you all the time with a particular task. This is a good friendship if it's going both ways. Because a friendship in that case should be give-take. If someone's giving, 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 giving to you, it's your conscientious responsibility to in some way, shape, or form reciprocate that. You don't want to just be the taker. Because that's where you're getting to the territory of using somebody for your personal gain. And you don't want that. So the friendship of utility, while it's got its benefits, it has its flaws as well. But it goes back to self-awareness. The next type of friendship that Aristotle talks about is the friendship of pleasure. Now the friendship of pleasure can be best described in an example. Say you like to go to the barber shop and you have mutual chit-chat with your stylist or you go to the coffee shop and you see someone there that you like all the time and you guys have a little bit of playful banter here and there. This one's quite simple in the way that there are, are certain qualities of a person that you like in that particular person. It's not necessarily a full-fledged, um, deep friendship where you're seeing each other every day, you're sharing all different types of experiences with them. It's more so just one of those friendships on the fly. And, and these are great to have too. But are they as serious? Not necessarily. Whatever the setting is, you both share a mutual interest in an activity or a particular place that you gravitate to together. So while this friendship isn't quite as deep as the next one we're going to get into, it has its pleasures. It's enjoyable. But are you as emotionally attached to it as something deeper, like a best friend or something? No. There isn't as much attachment with a friendship of pleasure because you're more so focused on the things that are happening in the moment with that person. You're not getting deep enough to share a real, true, bonding connection with that person when you have a friendship of pleasure. Whatever experiences you have with them, it's in the moment and periodically. 
friendship of pleasure. And the final friendship that Aristotle talks about is the friendship of the good. This one is the Holy Grail because it represents our, our deepest friendships, our best friends. And this occurs over time. It doesn't happen overnight. Like This can be a reference to your childhood friends. Brem, in my case. Brennan Huber, comic book movie guy. I've known him since we were kids. And we're friends to this day. And these are people that you share a lot of common interest with. These are people you spend a lot of time with. You guys share virtually a lot of similar values. Not particularly on everything, but there is a lot of common ground to be had there. And that's what mutually binds you together, like we talked about er earlier with that covenant. Me and Brem are a special case. Our covenant has lasted up to this point, and I am confident, and I'm sure he'd say the same, that it's going to last forever. It's because we accept each other, and that's all there is to it. And we respect one another. We've had too much common history, too much experiences to just let it go. And that's a good friendship to have. It's special. And I feel like with the friendship of the good, you can kind of compare that visually to that of roots of a tree. There has to be a foundation to this big, beautiful masterpiece that you see on the surface. But underneath that, there is just endless reinforcement. Years of growth building up to this big bloom. And that's how you can attribute friendship of the greatest level. Being a best friend forever. A tree that starts off as a seed. Slowly grows into this massive pine tree at the end of it all. And you're going to have to decide when you get to that point of it being a grown tree, like you see with childhood friendships, are you going to let it live and breathe or are you going to cut it down? And that's why some friendships fade away because you chose or they chose to cut down that tree. There's nothing to be said about it. It just happens. That's where you move on and plant a new tree with someone else. There's lots of trees out there. Saying it like that, you could really apply that to your relationships as well. Your love interests. There's lots of trees out there. You need to find the right one that you know is going to be forever. It's an endless journey, everybody. Or it feels like that anyways. But you have a lot more control in that than you think you do. You got to look at it differently. You can't be angry with people. You need to just accept the ebb and flow of life, and cherish every friendship too. You've got to look back on these friendships that are no longer and be fond of it. you got good memories. Focus on the good memories because those are experiences that shaped who you are. They're important, whether you like it or not, whether the person that you were friends with likes it or not. Use that as a tool for your growth and wish good intentions, good vibes on everybody that passes through your life. Anyways, that's all I had for you guys today. And uh, I hope you took something out of it. I sure did over the last couple of years, learning what I did, and I appreciate all my listeners. And once again, I want to remind you all that, please, I implore you, subscribe to all of our channels on social media, on all of our platforms for audio, for podcasts, whether you're on Apple, Spotify, or our YouTube channel with the visual aspect. Please subscribe to us, give us a rating, and 
I'm your host, Zane Tomich. Thank you so much for tuning in, like always. We'll see you again next time. Thank you.